Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Today we are back. It is part two of a return conversation with A.B. Endicott discussing her incredible world of the God-Kissed continent. Now, the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast is all about books, writing, and literary culture. My name's Andrew Popel. Every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. Final Draft is dedicated to exploring Australian writing, from taboo authors to household names. Every week, we look into the issues that drive our storytelling to help you discover more from the books that you love. These are the stories that make us who we are. 2SER broadcasts from the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and I'm recording on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of those lands and pay my respects to their ongoing connection to the lands. This is stolen land. It is unceded land. Treaty was never made in Australia. Now, A.B. Endicott joined, last joined us on the podcast a few months back. You can definitely check that out. She, it was a fantastic conversation about an essay that she had written entitled Mirror Mirror, where we had the chance to reflect on art and storytelling and the sociology of that, how stories create us and we in turn create stories. Um, while you're going back and checking things out, this is part two of the conversation that we're having about Alice's fantasy narrative writing. So go back. It's going to make a whole lot more sense if you listen to part one first. Um, And we are discussing Deliverance of the Blessed, which is the latest novel in the God Kissed Continent series. It's a standalone novel, and it takes us into the world of the sanctuary and a core group of the blessed. Kayleen is mourning the death of her lover, Luca. She's desperate and will do almost anything to get him back. And just as she's about to make an irreversible decision, she's offered a chance. But could hope be more terrible than the loss she feels? Now, what is amazing, what is fantastic and fascinating about the, I've forgotten now, I think it's seven or eight books in the God Kiss Continent series, is that Alice A.B. Endicott is a self-published author. She has created this fantasy world um, through her own endeavours. And in this part two of the conversation, we're going to be exploring that process of creating and publishing, the mechanics of it, but also, um, also the, I guess, the creative and editorial side. So join me today as we get into the publishing of A.B. Endicott's world in the God-Kissed Continent. I am interested, though, that you talked about people's responses to Deliverance of the Blessed. You talked about the, you know, people's requests. They want more. Now, you are a self-published writer, which mm-hmm. I imagine can be quite freeing, and I imagine it can quite connect you to the community of your readers. I wondered how important is that community of fans to the building of, I guess, your career as a writer, but also as to the building of your world from book to book? So in terms of the building of the world, it's not hugely influential, partly because, for instance, I'm three manuscripts ahead. By the time when I published Queendom, I had the whole Dark Trilogy written, which was actually what I wrote first, I had the Queendom duology written and I had Ruthless Land written. So, you know, it's all, I, and I have a very clear idea of where things are going to go mostly. Um, with that being said, um, you know, you can't, you don't write in a bubble. So things that people have commented on will filter, you know, every now and again will filter through. And I think because Deliverance was written after I'd published six, books it probably was the one in which I knew who my readership was so I I probably was writing to them a little bit 
Um, in terms of connecting with my readership, it's everything. It's vital. Um, I could not write with any with any like I couldn't keep pushing out, putting out books if I didn't know that they were being read. And you know, you've got sales figures in and of itself, and I suppose you have good reads as well, and you know, review sites. But I think it is vital that you have a connection to your readership, if for no other reason than because I mean, you are the marketing you are you are the marketing department. So reading, reaching out to people and saying, you know, will you read my book? Will, would you be willing to receive a review copy? Um, is vital, and because you're doing it yourself, you often develop a personal, you know, a, a yeah, a personal relationship. So I'm very much on Instagram. That's the social media that's worked the best for me, and the Bookstagram community within Australia is um, quite lovely, actually. And you find your people there and you find your readership. And that was actually how I found or I connected with Catherine from Davy Books. Um, so I realistically, I owe my career to social media. How would it work then? Because I'm just imagining if, if Deliverance of the Blessed Drops and its numbers are, you know, doing a hundred, a thousand times better than any of the other books. If you, if you were on a contract at a publishing house, they, I, I could imagine they would put a lot of pressure on you to turn that standalone into a series. Do you ever feel that yourself or are you purely driven by the characters and what they're telling you? Hmm. I would have said I'm driven by the characters if for no other reason because, like, as I mentioned, I, I generally have a pretty clear idea of where, where my stories are going to work and how they fit into one another. Um. And as I said, like, I mean, Kayleen does return and she does have an arc that I quite, quite like, actually. Um, my favourite arc is Lexus from Ruthless Land, I have to say. Um, she, she, she does a magnificent job. And you'll be interested to hear the way that I'm saying this. It's like I'm disassociated. It's like they're a separate person. So I really think, and even in some ways to answer what you asked me earlier about what can they withstand, I sort of... I take the Stephen King comment, which is like, I'm just as interested to find out what happens as the rest of everybody else. I just find out ahead of time. Like I sit and I think, this is the character. What, given what I know of this character, what will happen to her? What does she need? What does she want? What is she going to do in response to this situation? So, that yeah, I definitely write. To fulfil the story as it arrives to me, not to please a particular, you know, sales demographic. Um, which you're right, it's very, very freeing. Uh, I think you have to have a tremendous ego to self-publish. Not in, you know, not saying I'm, you know, massively egocentric, which you know I sort of am, but I think you have to be able to back yourself and be able to acknowledge that you're playing a long game. It, it, sounded, know, my, it sounded there like you were yes, being sorry. a bit unfair. And so we, could we trade ego for having um, faith in yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you're so kind to me. Um, yeah, you, you have to have faith that the story is good and you have to be able to acknowledge that just because, you know, also people take time to read a book. You know, you, you might put the hand in the book of someone, the book in the hand of someone, but that, you know, they might have other stuff on. Like, I I have three review books sitting on my dresser and I haven't gotten around to them for two weeks. I've got other stuff on. I've got other stuff I need to read. It might take me a while to read them. 
but it's nerve wracking, right? Like you go, but I want you to read it now. Um, and I want you to review, post your review now. Um, like a small child, really. <laughs> and you have to, I think, just acknowledge that. And, you know, I think self-publishing as well. Like some people do it with one book. But a lot of independently published authors have, you know, five or six out. And the reason for that is the more you have, the more, one, legitimacy, but two, you've got momentum behind you. So, you know, people who've read Deliverance have gone and bought my back catalogue. And that's where... You know the, the 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 I guess if you want the the numbers and the figures have have started to like you know really come good. So you're talking there a lot about the infrastructure, the fact that you don't have publicity machines behind you. You and I mean, I mean I'm sure for some smaller publishers they're saying please don't call it a machine. It's <laughs> it's Tom, poor Tom the intern is doing this. <clears throat> but they they have they have other people. I wondered what are yeah. What are the trade-offs there? Like, what what's your editing process like without um, a more formalized process that you might have um, have otherwise? And look, it's a drawback. It's 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 drawbacks and strengths. So I do have an editor um, who I go to. He is truly phenomenal. He actually he's just amazing. Jason is just. Jason makes everything better. I send it off to Jason and he brings it back and he's so evaluative. He's not evaluative at all. He literally will change a, a sentence to make it sound better. He'll say, this doesn't make sense. It's a fascinating experience, Andrew, because you're not getting graded. It's one of the only experiences in your life if the editor is of that kind of style where you never get any idea what he thinks about the manuscript. Um, with that being said, Deliverance, like the first three paragraphs, it was just this, like it was like the page was soaked in blood from his track changes, and the fir- it was the first time ever he's like said this is great because he's like this is a great link to bring us back to the present, and I was like that is such a gimme. You just you knew you knew I needed a, a little boost. Um, so the editing process means that I and I'm look I'm a perfectionist. I'm really rigorous. I in my hand edit especially. I will not move on until I am satisfied that that sentence or the general structure or the the way it all hangs together is good, uh, which is super fun to be around me in those periods because I just, I'm I'm a nightmare. And apparently it's always the worst one. Whatever I'm working on, it's never been as bad as this one. Um, So I lose perspective in that regard. But that also then means that, you know, editorial content, and, you know, uh, you hear stories from authors about what editors want to add in or take out. So um, I, I interviewed Ali Mani for last year, and she was telling me that None Shall Sleep, her editors wanted her to include a particular scene between her characters. And she said, well, do you think this feels appropriate given the circumstances? Like, do you think that, this is an appropriate thing to add in. So she got her way, but there are plenty of stories where the author doesn't. And sometimes the author doesn't know best. Sometimes, really, you're too short-sighted or you're holding on too much. Um, and Jason Jason is pretty good at being like, I think you need to add something here. This, this is a copy edit, but here's a structural note. And most of the time I do what he tells me. Um, but you, you, I think... 
I don't want to say luck, but I, I think you just have to acknowledge that there will be drawbacks and there will be advantages. So let's go to the most important thing, which is by no means the most important thing, because we've just we, we've talked about story, we've talked about character. Obviously, the most important things when it comes to an enjoyable experience, but. I mean, you've sent me a delightful copy of Deliverance of the Burst, but in a digital world, we we know. I mean, you, you don't have to go far in YouTube to know that there are there are people out there who have given no thought to editing, who just sat down, stream of consciousness, and hit publish. A digital world anyone can publish. The costs yep. must stack up in getting a book onto shelves. Why is it important to you to still go physical? Um. Well, I prefer reading physical books, and so I've got to assume that a lot of people do as well. I think also there's a legitimacy element to it. You know, you you feel like more of an author when you've got a copy of your book in your hands than a a copy of your book on your computer. Um, And I think legitimacy is a big part of it. I mean, you're quite right, Andrew, that you know, independent publishing, and not even unfairly, it's got quite a stigma around it um, because there is no vetting system. There is at least if you read a bad book written by a publisher or so that's been put out through a traditional publishing house, you go, well, someone clearly missed the mark, but there was a decision-making process that put it on the shelf, which at times can be even more spectacular for that reason. But, you know, I think... In the, when you're an independent publisher, the tricky thing is getting the book in the hand of the reader. It's not as easily accessible. There is a lot more, you know, barriers to entry on a conceptual level because you're like, well, at least if a publishing house has put it out, someone thinks it's worth reading. Whereas, you know, if I put it out, my mom thinks it's good. Actually, she said one of them of the one of the series she said, I like this one much better than the other one. I didn't really like that. So, you know, not even a guarantee my mom likes it. Um, <laughs> I should know because she will probably listen to this. She does like everything that I do, more or less, and she does like the most painful, tedious final read through of it to pick up on any final errors. She's been enormously supportive. I need to put that in. Uh, as has my father. I'm I'm extraordinary, extraordinarily blessed to have that level of support, which you know helps with the faith as we were discussing. Um, but, you know, I think if you say, well, Dimmick's Camberwell, my local Dimmick's, or, you know, Dimmick's Knox or Dimmick's Doncaster or Readings or, you know, if it's stocked in a physical store, there's a legitimacy to it. But also I think it extends your reach because when you are shopping online, very rarely are you browsing. Even when you're looking through, say, you know, Kindle Direct, you're not really browsing with the same openness that you do when you go into a bookstore. I think um, I think yeah. there's something extraordinary to be said, and we may have talked about this previously, Alice, about the idea of embodied reading, and that would extend beyond just the feel of the book, the pages getting thinner in your hands as you reach the end, but the, the joy of wandering around a bookstore, the 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 beautiful sort of excited anxiety of a growing to be red pile on your bedside table <laughs> embodied embodied reading is a thing it is it's very much so and i think you're absolutely right like one of the books that i just finished up was getting thinner and thinner and i was like 
No, I wanted to go on forever. It's an um, absolutely fabulous yeah. part of the reading experience. Yeah. So I think I think very much, you know, it's it's a it's a multifactored reason why why I have a physical book. But those are my reasons. Um, but I can also acknowledge that, you know, there's there's a cost involved in printing, whereas there's not as much of a cost involved in a digital. You should still be putting money into. You should still be investing in your product. You still should have it edited. You still should have it have a cover professionally designed. But you know, it's it's a far higher cost um, that you outlay when you when you print, and it's in some ways also a far more significant time cost and energy cost because you've got you know. I'm all of the bookstores I'm in. I'm in because I contacted them. Some of them I lightly stalk the person who stock determines the consignments that they take on. Um, I just kept going back, and she was never there. And I just kept coming back, and I kept going back. Um, and this poor woman, who's actually lovely, I was like, I'm so sorry because you must have just kept hearing about this absolute nutter who is just consistently asking for you, and I've just not met, not happened to come in on the right day. Um, but you know, it is, it is exhausting and you, you've got to have a hustle on you and you've got to have ego space, whatever you want to call it. You've got to have that resilience, I suppose, to be like, all right, you're not going to take it. That's fine. I'll just move on to, I'll move, I'll move to the next one down the list. Let's work that hustle a little bit then, Alice. Can you tell people where they can find you on social media? Where's your website? Because I know you are stocked in bookshelves, but for people who are outside, I mean, because they're predominantly in and around Melbourne. If you're, in, if you're in Sydney, say, listening to a Sydney community radio station, um, <laughs> where, where, would, where would they order you uh, to get it sent up, uh, up the road? So you can buy... I was going to say you can buy me, but obviously you can't buy me specifically. You can buy my books. Um, they are available on Booktopia and Book Depository and I think Amazon as well. But you can buy them directly from me. My website is www.abendacott.com. And buy directly from me. I think I'm a dollar cheaper than the RRP and uh, I will sign them. I might even chuck in a little something because um, I, I, I combine a lot of my, especially my launch with merchandise that I send out in launch packs to, to pre-readers. So if I've got anything left over every now and again, it makes its way in. So yeah, those are probably the main ones. The other thing is you can also just ring up your local bookstore and ask about me and my books. And a lot of bookstores will just order in because they can. If you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram. At, I think Alice Jane B-O-E-R-E or AB Endicott, if you type in, should bring me up. Uh, and I occasionally tweet, but I'm not very good at it. Thank you so much, Alice. And that is a great way to discover Australian authors. And that, that's been something that's been hugely important. I would say over the last 12 months, but realistically, the more we connect with the writing community and the reading community that we're a part of, the, the closer we get and the, the better... I guess we're able to understand a little bit more of our world. And that's been a big theme of, of the conversations that Alice and I have been sharing. I am speaking with A.B. Endicott. We are discuss- discussing Deliverance of the Blessed, but we, uh, we've we also touched on a range. Uh, there are seven books in the God-Kissed Continent, uh, standalones and series. Alice, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, and introducing us to your world. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. It's always a delight to chat to you um, and to listen to your final draft.
Oh, thank you. That's it for this great conversation with A.B. Endicott. Alice's new novel, Deliverance of the Blessed, is out now. As we've been discussing, she is a self-published author, so you can find it on her website, abendicott.com. You can find it in any of the online retailers you might buy books. But maybe, if you're curious, the one thing you could really do for Alice is request your local independent bookstore, order in a copy, help more people discover her incredible writing. And uh, so, Great Conversations is recorded on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. I would love if you stayed in touch. We are on all the socials, Final Draft 2SER. Drop us a comment. Tell me what you're reading, what you love about the show. Subscribe in your podcast app. There have been two new episodes this week, and there is a special little bonus coming up as well. It means you'll get them straight to wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Andrew Popel. I'll be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. Till then, happy reading. Bye now.